The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to the Crack House Chronicles, your favorite true crime podcast. I am Donnie, and here with me is Dale. Hey, what's up? What's going on? Hey, nothing fancy here, is it? No, nothing, <laughs> nothing fancy at all. We just wanted to throw you guys an episode that we had on our Patreon. Yes, because we took the week off. We did. Well, not the week, but, you know, the holiday. The holiday for Thanksgiving. Yeah. We took off that week, but we wanted to put out an episode, and this is an episode we do have on our Patreon, but we wanted to release it to the general population yeah just so you have something to, something to pick up on here on a monday morning yeah it's short and sweet but it's a damn good story it is actually about robert harrell he is the fort fisher hermit mm-hmm. and he's from shelby north carolina wow right down here yeah <laughs> but he's he was made famous from being the fort fisher hermit already but we wanted to drop this episode for you guys and give you something to listen to while yeah. we took off that's right so hope you guys had a great holiday weekend and had with your family and friends yep yeah. I was going to say it's holiday here. I don't know if it's anywhere. Yeah. It's a Thanksgiving holiday here in the U.S. Yep. And we wanted to give you guys this episode. Right. All right. See you guys next week. Next week. Out. Hey, welcome to the Crack House Chronicles Patreon episode. What's going on, Dale? What's happening, brother? What's happening with you? I'm ready to do this little short gimmick. Yeah. We got an episode for our patrons on Patreon. Yeah, it's a pretty neat little story. Yeah. Something I heard about this week, and I was like... This is fascinating. Yeah. Because this is about a guy who is from our area. Really close. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of a lot of parts of this. I mean, all over it's like right around us and you know, Morgan and here and Shelby and Bowen Springs and it's pretty pretty neat actually and I never heard of this guy. Yeah. But uh guy we're talking about, his name is Robert Harrell. Mm-hmm. And just a little bit of background on Robert Harrell. I mean, we're going way back, but he was born on February the second of eighteen ninety three. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a little bit of discrepancy on where he was born. What is this, like the state's fighting over this guy? I guess, because <laughs> uh, one place has him being born in Shelby, North Carolina, and another reference is having him being born in Gaffney, South Carolina. Yeah, which is about, what, a rock's throw difference? Ten miles difference. Yeah. Yeah. Max. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, it could have been in between or who knows. But, I mean, 1893. Yeah. <laughs> who the hell knows? Yeah, that, I think they wrote your... Your place of birth on a tree back then or something. <laughs> Carving in a rock. Yeah. But like we said, uh, Robert Harrell was born on February 2nd, 1893. Mm-hmm. And he went to school at Bowling Springs High School mm-hmm. uh, in Bowling Springs, North Carolina. But it's not a Bowling Springs High School there anymore. No. They turned it over to Gardner-Webb and made it Gardner-Webb Junior College. Right. And now it's Gardner-Webb University yeah. there in Boyle Springs. I think for some reason they said that he had actually quit going to school when it was Boyle Springs, but when they changed it over, he had actually came back. And I don't know what the full story on that was, but yeah. maybe he liked it better. Yeah. Now, his parents, it's been reported they were kind of abusive. Mm-hmm. 
and which caused Robert to spend a lot of his time away from the home and just spending time in the woods. Yeah. I think that's just what he liked doing. Yeah, being out there, solidarity. Yeah. Hanging out in the woods. But when he got a little bit older, he married a lady by the name of Katie Hamrick in 1913. And together they had five kids. Boy, he came out of the woods. He came out, didn't he? Yeah, he came out. <laughs> and, but the eldest son is reported he committed suicide. Yeah, and, uh, you know, those kids, they were all sons, and then the last one was a daughter, but she didn't live very long. She passed away pretty early. And then, I think he's like five weeks old <clears> or something. And then uh, his son committed suicide, and I think that was the start of, you know, him starting to fall apart a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe have a little bit of mental health problems. Yeah. Probably a lot to deal with. Mm-hmm. And at one point, he was checked into the uh, Broughton Hospital in Morganton, North Carolina, which is not too far up the road, about, what, 26 miles up the road? Yeah, not yeah. far at all. Mm, not at all. But while he was there at Morganton, he left the hospital there and started hitchhiking. Yeah, 260 miles. Yeah, to the coast of North Carolina. Right. And he ended up at Fort Fisher State Recreation Area. There, on the, I guess it's part of the Outer Banks chain of, off the coast of North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And when he got out there, he was living in a tent near the Confederate Monument near Fort Fisher. Yes. And then he started squatting in an abandoned World War II era bunker. Yeah, I think uh, they said that he had actually run into another guy who was a, a, a hermit who had told him about this place. Yeah, I think his name was Impey Hewitt. Yes. Yeah. But he was staying in a World War II bunker, and, you know, people say, well, why don't you have World War II bunkers in North Carolina? Mm-hmm. You know, because it was fought over in Europe and places like that. But it, it was reported that there were Nazis just off the coast of North U- Carolina. Yeah, U-boats. Yeah. Yes, it was pretty close to being kind of invaded i guess you could say yeah very close so they had these bunkers off at the north carolina coast mm-hmm. but he made one of them his little home and if you look at it, it looks kind of like a small cement block building is what it kind of looks like yeah but this bunker was set in a in a salt marsh beside the cape fear river and while he was living there he would like collect stuff he found driftwood to you know furnish his little uh, home there and was able to gather much of the food he needed from the marsh and the ocean mm-hmm. he would catch fish and clams and oysters and it was reported he even started a little vegetable garden there to help supplement his diet right he also learned uh, like a lot of his survival skills from uh mp hewitt we were talking about which yeah. was a a true hermit yeah yeah, he didn't want, Impey was, a, let's say, a true hermit because he didn't really want any visitors at all, and that was not the case with Robert. Mm-mm. Robert, he loved to talk to visitors, mm-hmm. and he even had a, a frying pan that he would lay out for donations. Yeah. Yeah, he was pretty popular around. You know, I mean, when he first, actually, when he first went to uh, Fort Fisher, as soon as he got there, he got arrested for vagrancy, and they sent him right, right back to North Carolina or right back up to Morganton, and then he had to go back again, but when he went the <laughs> next time, this is when we're talking about now, but so it was pretty, pretty heartfelt to to hitchhike at 260 miles and get sent right back home. Yeah, but yeah, when he came back and then got a thing going here, he was a really part of the community here. Mm-hmm. And he even had a guest book that he kept, and uh, there were thousands and thousands of entries from people who would visit him to sign his guest book. Yeah, 
Citadel on average is like 17,000 visitors a year. Yeah. And Robert Harold, he became the second largest tourist attraction in the state of North Carolina. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, trailing only by the USS North Carolina battleship there in Wilmington. Hmm. So just him being a hermit out there on uh, Fort Fisher, he was a attraction. He's a pretty popular hermit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, a lot of people would go down and hang out with him and stuff and come by and see him, sign his book, and give him a couple of dollars or whatever. And, and then some nights he would go out there and just some youth, you know, where people go out and hang out and drink some beer and hang out by his fire and, and just sit with him. Yeah. It's pretty and, neat. And he would talk about his philosophy. Mm-hmm. And which he sort of termed the school of common sense. That's what he dubbed it. Right. And he told people who came to see him that he was writing a book called A Tyrant in Every Home. But yeah, like we said, people would come and visit him and put money in his frying pan. That would give him a little bit of money to go into town and buy certain things he needed. And he would be spotted around town you know, in local uh, convenience stores and grocery stores just buying his little supplies that he, that he needed to survive on that he couldn't find out. But plus, you know, this also becomes a double-edged sword because now you're popular and people know you got money out there. There was a, there was a time when uh, some people went out there and tried to steal his money, beat him up pretty bad, and he actually went to court. And uh, he was uh, the, the chief witness and the prosecutor, well, or not the prosecutor, but... Uh, his own lawyer. His own lawyer, yeah, and you know went in and actually got these guys convicted mm-hmm. for coming there and assaulting him and stealing his money. Yeah, and then another time when actually he was uh, charged with vagrancy and defended himself in court and got out of that too. So he's pretty good at what he's doing. Yeah, but after living as a hermit for seventeen years, Robert Harold he died under some mysterious circumstances on June fourth of nineteen seventy two. Yeah. So they say. Yeah, the New Hanover County coroner pronounced the cause of death as a heart attack, but there were some local rumors suggested that Robert Harrell may have been killed after a violent attack by a group of three men. And there was a fisherman allegedly said he saw three men speeding away in a car, hmm. but there was no autopsy in the case. Yeah, they refused to do one. Yeah. But they said his body was in his... Um, his little bunker there it was kind of they he, he had beat up marks and the way he was uh displayed there it just wasn't the way he would sleep right well it said that some teens went down to visit him in uh, one morning they went down and uh didn't see him out by his little gardener and he wasn't sitting over in the shade or nowhere and they looked and his little he had a makeshift plywood door on the front of his little bunker there mm-hmm. and they moved it and he was in there dead and so they went and got the authorities and when they came back they found that they, there were tire tracks around and uh his sleeping bag was down in the marsh and then they found a shoe was buried up like where somebody had stepped in them down in the marsh and it sunk up you know pretty deep and when you pull your foot out the shoe stays buried yeah they had left their shoe so it was definitely foul play and he like he'd been beat up and said basically the scene looked like they had drug him down beat him up and then kind of either drowned him or whatever in his sleeping bag and then left the bag there and drug him back up to make him look like he was sleeping in the inside of his bunker mm-hmm. but he definitely was not sleeping and so they knew it was foul play but then the coroner said it was a heart attack so then there was no investigation because he didn't say it was a murder yeah which is bullshit to me but so there was nothing ever done about it because basically what the coroner ruled yeah but he was he was brought to Shelby, North Carolina, and buried at Zor Baptist Church mm-hmm. in Shelby. But then it was later 
uh, whose body was exhumed and an autopsy was performed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they did determine that his heart was healthy and it didn't look like it appeared to have had a heart attack. Right. So he was definitely killed. Yeah, definitely. And But he was laid to rest at Federal Point Cemetery there out near the coast of North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And I've read, too, about this place. It is a, a, a gated cemetery you have to i think you have to have a pass to get in or um purposes to be in there oh wow it's not just somebody you just can't go visit this this cemetery which would be great to go visit oh yeah but we wanted to cover this case and because i thought it was very fascinating oh it definitely is the reason i found this case was um i was researching some stuff on reddit on Davina Buff Jones, you know, because I'm, I'm fascinated by her case from Bald Head Island. Right. And there was a, a Reddit thread of somebody mentioning Robert Harrell, the Fort Fisher hermit out there. And I was like, I've never heard of this cat. <laughs> and I got to researching a little bit and, and got to deep diving and going down some rabbit holes on it. And it was pretty fascinating. Yeah, there's even a hermit society was founded to commemorate his life, you know, yeah, down there pretty neat yeah but he just uh was just a guy who lived off the land and just wanted to do his own thing mm-hmm. i think he even told him one time that he should get a a deed for his property there he said if i have a deed i'd have to pay taxes for it so yeah no uh, doubt yeah. yeah and uh uh michael edwards wrote the battle of independence the story of the fort fisher hermit and it's uh the society the hermit society gives out certificates of graduates of the school of common sense well they need to enroll some more people in that yeah, this, definitely. these days yeah yeah because there's not many people passing that but the bunker where robert harrell lived is still standing and can be reached by following the basin trail at the fort fisher state recreation area and there's a plaque on the bunker that commemorates uh his occupation there well, that's pretty cool yeah know, at least they didn't go in and tear it down and you know, I was just out there you didn't know last it. year at Fort Fisher. I went to the aquarium and stuff, and I was just a hands throw away from all this and didn't even know it was there. Hmm. So I got a reason to go back. Yep, yep, very cool. But anyway, cool little story, yeah. But that is the uh, story of the Fort Fisher Hermit. It's kind of compact little story, but it's pretty cool to tell. Robert Harrell. There's a ton of YouTube videos on him, and there is one I watched that's got, I think it was filmed back in the '80s. It's got some family members and stuff uh, they've interviewed and talking about his life and some uh, little video clips of Robert Harrell out there at his little bunker, hmm. just living life. Yep, with his big straw hat on. Yeah. Pretty cool looking guy. Yep. Just a little man. <laughs> All right, dude, we're going to get out of here. All right, man, let's roll. All right, y'all be good. See ya. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.